thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to you in the room. Welcome to you guys that are watching us online this morning. And um, I just want to um, tell you something that happened to me a few months ago, really. So I was walking down the road, as you do, and I heard this, this woman shouting, Sarah, Sarah. And so I just kept walking and, um, and, and she came up behind me, she tapped me on the shoulder, she went, I knew it was you. I knew it was you. And, and you know, you're looking at somebody and you're thinking, I have no Scooby-Doo who you are. Not a clue. She went, how have you been? And I was, because you try and be polite, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I'm unwell, thank you. How, how are you? And you know, you're trying to get them to, to tell you who they are without trying to make out that you haven't got a clue who they are. So we were chatting a little bit and she went, oh, how have you been? I'm like, I've, I've been really well, thanks. And, and um, she said, oh, she said, I haven't seen you since we were at school. So now I've got a reference. I've got a reference. So it's somewhere between like five to 18, somewhere in that, in that medium. And, um, and she said, yeah, she said, um, she said uh, you know, I still hang about with all our old friends. And I'm thinking, oh, oh um, something's gone really wrong here, Jane. Um, you've totally forgotten who this person is. And then we're talking, I'm thinking, oh, she keeps calling me Sarah. She keeps calling me Sarah. And before I could actually say to her, look, I think, I think I'm not Sarah, her phone rang and she went, and she went, oh, I'd see you then, Sarah. She said, I'll tell so-and-so and so-and-so that I've seen you. And as she walked away, I walked away thinking, am I Sarah? <laughs> Have I lived my life for all this time when I really am Sarah? And it was absolutely, obviously a case of mistaken identity. But that's really what I, I want to open up this morning as we come into week four of our Coming Back Stronger series about identity. And we've been talking, haven't we, and sharing about some of our, our comeback stories, really. And you may be wondering why we're using the word comeback. And I found this quote, and it really says it for me, really, about what comeback's all about. If you want to come back, you are going to have to change. Unless you change what you are presently doing or not doing, things are going to remain the same. There will be no come back. And my example today is, is a weird choice really and it will make sense when and I explain is this guy Robert Downey Jr. Who knows Robert Downey Jr.? And you've probably seen loads of films that he's been in recently but some of you may not know that he was really quite famous quite a number of years ago. He had an Academy Award nomination for his film Chaplin back in 1992 but between um, there were several years of his life where he was very quiet and you never saw anything from, from Robert because his life majorly went off track. And after loads and loads of setbacks, he made a comeback to the person that you know today that you've seen as Iron Man and, and Sherlock Holmes and some other great films that he's been in. You could say he came back stronger. But the reason I chose this guy's story or, or to, to sort of highlight him today isn't to do with his big successes as great as they are, but it's more to do with his years of wrestling. And to come back stronger, you know, he had to make a change. And before you say to me, Jane, but I could never change, you know, you're disqualifying yourself maybe as you're watching this, you know, before you've even heard what I'm going to say. You know, you might feel that so much has not gone right in your life or you've been diverted from the journey that you thought you were going to be on. You're not where you thought you were going to be at this point in your life. You'd say to me, Jane, you know, I've had one or two setbacks. Well, we're going to look at somebody together today who had a setback or actually several setbacks, 
but made a stronger comeback. And this guy's name was Jacob. You see, a change or a transformation at the core of who we are, when we start talking about our identity, it's always going to involve a wrestle with someone. And the verses that I'm going to major on um, as we go through this today are found in Genesis 32, 22, 24. And we're really going to unpack these verses. It says, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now to understand the importance of this encounter, we've got to understand a little bit about Jacob's story. A lot had happened before this point and it wasn't the first time we find Jacob wrestling. You see right at the start of his story, if you go back in Genesis 25, he's wrestling even in his mother's womb with his twin Esau. From the beginning, he was battling to be the firstborn. Now Esau wins that battle, but Jacob follows behind him. And the Bible says he was grasping onto Esau's heel. Now there's a determination right at the start of this guy's life that he's going to win. He wants to win. He wants to be first. And we need to understand the significance of being firstborn back in these days to really see how Jacob starts to feel about who he is, how he starts to feel about his identity and how that plays out through his story. You see, there was a lot on the line in the Bible for the firstborn. They got a lot of rights and privileges and one of them was a larger share of whatever inheritance there was. So no wonder Jacob was desperate to exit the womb first. He's born with a me first mentality and he's going to try and get ahead whatever the cost. Now before I start judging this guy and criticising his behaviour and saying how terrible it is, aren't I like that? Aren't I just like that? In fact, aren't we all just like that today? You know, from the moment we are born, we've almost got this, this autopilot that's set to me first. You know, the instinct to always want more. You know, where does that come from? You know, we lean towards the tendency to want to get ahead of the person next to us. And just think for a second about how an autopilot works. You know, it sets keep going in a certain direction, isn't it? And if you're flying, you're really glad they've got that autopilot on, to be honest, aren't you? But it doesn't matter if I don't want to go there. That thing is taking me there. Until that autopilot is disengaged in some way. Until you could say there's a greater force that's going to turn that boat and that plane that overrides the autopilot. No matter the amount of effort I put in, guys, or the amount of energy I do is not going to turn that thing. I'm going to run out of energy and willpower way before that thing gives up. And some of you might have had a realisation right now, even just as I've mentioned that analogy, you know, Do you feel like you're trying to change the course of your own life today? That you're just tired of fighting that internal autopilot? You know you have better days, sure, and some days you you get more achieved than others, but some days it's just such a tiring process that you've just decided to let go of the wheel altogether. Well, I've got some really great news for you today. We do not have to settle for the me-first identity autopilot we were born with. Do you know that? You see, me first may be the reason 
we might be struggling with some things in our lives today. And some of our problems may be because other people are living me first lives and it impacts us. In fact, isn't this true? Our world promotes a me first way of life everywhere. Here's a truth for us today. We can live a God first life in a me first world. We can live a God first life in a me first world. How? Well, Jesus points out the flaw in the me first mentality. He says the first will be last and the last will be first. And the world says, get for yourself as much as you can. But Jesus says this in Matthew 16, 25, 26, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What does this mean? What basically Jesus is saying is what good is it chasing after stuff? What good is it doing you to grab after success and security? What good is it doing you to be right or better than others? What good is it when in the process you lose who you are, your identity? And the season we've been through and probably are still going through, through coronavirus, hasn't it? Hasn't helped us when it comes to the puzzle of identity. You see, when we're in the thick of lockdown, isolation has an effect on our identity. A real deep effect on our identity. You know, when the activity that we were doing is suddenly taken away, you could have faced an identity crisis just like Jacob did. And for most of his life, this was Jacob. And if you carry on reading the story, you see how he plotted with his mum to steal the blessing from his father that should have been the right of the firstborn. You see, he pretended. He pretended to be someone else. He literally covered his hands with hair so he would be like Esau to his father. He wore Esau's clothes to smell like him. And when Isaac asked him who he was, Jacob said, I'm Esau. I'm my brother. He changed his identity because he thought and he believed that who he really was would not get him what he wanted. What costumes do I put on to get what I think I need? Stephen Furtick said this. He said, we all have a gap between the person we want to be and the person we are. So we create a fake identity to bridge that gap and we've all done this we have all done this when I was younger a lot younger than today as that famous song goes I nearly burst into song there um, I remember queuing up to get into a nightclub with some of my friends and you'll know exactly what I meant when you're standing in line practicing your birth date Because you know that you need to be a certain age to get into that place. And so you're going, 1st of June. I'm not going to tell you my last birth because that will give you when it was. I'm going, 1st of June, 1st of June, 1st of June. The, the bouncer's letting some people in and I'm there and I'm, and I'm really, I'm, I'm ready for it. And he asks me the question and I look him straight in the eye and I tell him my birthday and he looks, are you sure? It's like, yeah, honestly, you know, this... You know, and you start telling stuff, you start, ex you know, exaggerating your story. So anyway, he lets me in and a couple of... Uh, things down a couple of our friends didn't get in because they couldn't get it right they couldn't pass for somebody else and then so you did what all good friends did right don't you you just stay in the club you don't you don't go out to where they are 
obviously we wouldn't do that now. But honestly, you f- I faked my identity. I faked my identity. And if you're being honest with you, you've done that as well. You've done that as well. I wanted to get in there because I thought I would never get in being the person who I really was. And if we go back to Jacob's story, Esau finds out and Jacob has to run away. He hasn't a choice. He has to leave everything he's ever known and loves. Do you know what? He had what he wanted, but he couldn't enjoy it. He spends the next 20 years on the run from Esau. Because even though Jacob had the blessing, God couldn't bless him when he was pretending to be somebody else. Remember what Jesus said, what good is it to gain the world but lose yourself? We end up compromising our identity, the core of who we are. Do you know, you may be able to fool the Isaacs in your world, but I can never fool myself. I could probably even fool some of you guys well today, but I can't fool myself. And I wonder how many times I've missed out on what God may want to do with me or through me because I was still pretending to be someone else. I don't fool God with my disguises. And is your identity still wrapped up today on grabbing at somebody's heel and pretending to be someone you know deep down that you're not? It took Jacob 21 years, 21 years of his life to realise he couldn't live any longer that way. And he knows it's time to come home. He's tired He's alone. And now God decides it's time for the wrestle. So we're going to go back to those verses that I started with. In Genesis 32, where we find Jacob, who's around 97 years old at this point, at a river called Jabok, which means empty and alone, just like Jacob feels. Having conned his way through the whole of his life, this is going to be his turning point. And it's here he meets a mysterious man, And they start to wrestle. Now, as you know, wrestling is a contact sport. You have to get really up close and personal. And my brother used to play this game with me called Submit, which was very healthy. And basically, he called it wrestling, I called it abuse. So we'll just leave that there. But he called it Submit and he'd hold on to me. It's not dissimilar to a pose like that, really, um, until I'd say the word submit, submit, basically saying, let me go, let me go, let me go. Do you know what? God doesn't mind wrestling with me one bit. He'd rather wrestle with me than me be distant and apathetic because God is big enough to handle whatever I'm carrying and whatever you're carrying today. He says, come on, let's wrestle. Let's wrestle because the biggest wrestle, as we're going to see, is about our identity. And so for Jacob, it starts at night and it goes right through until the next morning. It's a long time. You see, all through Jacob's life, his identity had been about grabbing onto stuff. But for the very first time in his 97 years, it's not stuff he's grabbing onto. He's grabbing onto God. So the story goes on in Genesis 32, 25. It says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. And as he wrestled with the man, then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Unless you bless me. 
Jacob has grown up holding on to things he thinks will bring him blessing. Now he's holding on to the person who alone has the power to bless. And so Jacob makes a decision that will literally change his life from this point onwards. He makes a decision to let go of his past, to let go of his masks, and he holds on to God. How do I know that? The very next verse says this. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Haven't we heard that question somewhere before? When Jacob goes to his father to steal the blessing, Isaac says to him, who are you? And Jacob said, Esau. But this time he says, I'm Jacob. He owns who he is. He owns his name. He comes as he is, warts and all. For the first time, he answers a question truthfully. He admits who he really was. You see, in those days, a person's name was really significant. It was usually based on their character. So when Jacob says, my name's Jacob, he's not saying, oh, I'm Jacob. What he's actually saying is, I'm Jacob. I'm the person who's been trying to get ahead all my life. I'm the one who's deceived to get what I've wanted. I'm the person who's hurt loads of people. I'm the person that's been estranged from my family for 21 years. I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. And names have always carried important weight about our identity. It's the first label that the world associates with you. But from Jacob's honesty, let's see what God does. Let's read on in the story. It says, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. See, God gives Jacob a new name. We could say God gives Jacob a new identity. He finds out who he really is and who he was always meant to be. And when we wrestle with God, maybe you might be wrestling today, but when we wrestle with God, the same thing happens. We get a new identity. Jacob gets called Israel, which means um, triumphant, persevering, the prevailer. Talk about a change in identity. Do you know, God can transform identities through the most miraculous of circumstances. How does this look through a lens in the 21st century? How do we look at this today? We don't necessarily need a name change, but I'm going to strongly suggest to us today that we may need a change in how we see ourselves. You see, going through this pandemic may have distorted the way you started to view yourself too. You know, when we couldn't see our families and friends for months on end, did we question whether we were loved? And when you couldn't carry out the activities of your job as you would normally have done them, did you ask yourself whether you were actually needed anymore? Our identity can easily become obscured or even forgotten. But I want to really tell you today that if you know Jesus, you can say, as I can say today, as lots of people in this room can join with me and say, Jacob might be who I am, but Israel is who I am with Jesus in me. What do you imagine your name might be if you were named after your biggest character flaw? Or what name have you received from the world around you? From your family maybe? 
loser, disappointment, failure? Could the reason for some of our struggles be that we've internalised some of those words and those labels? We've been given and made them our identity. How do we come back stronger? When we understand that God gives us a new identity. When we see ourselves not through our flaws and not through our failures, many though there are, and I could list them for you today, all the labels we may have been given, but when we see ourselves as God sees us, and then we see who we are in the light of that, in the light of that. And there's a really famous urban myth about an eagle who thought he was a chicken. There's a bit of a resemblance there really, isn't there? I've just noticed that. The eagle who thought he was a chicken. And basically what happened was this. When the eagle was really small, he fell out of his nest and a farmer who, who ran a chicken farm found him, picked him up, took him back to his farm, put him in the chicken coop with the rest of the chickens and looked after him and he grew. But the eagle grew up doing what chickens do, living like a chicken, believing it was a chicken. And there happened to be a man and he came to visit the farm and he noticed there was an eagle in the chicken coop and he said to the farmer, you've got an eagle in your chicken coop and he went, oh that's not an eagle, that's a chicken and he went, no I think you've got an eagle in your chicken coop but no, no, he said, that's a, that's a chicken, he's no longer a, an eagle, I've trained it to be a chicken, look it believes it's a chicken and there it was pecking the ground like the chicken was and, and waddling around like the rest of the chickens. But the man knew that there was more to that bird than him pretending to be a chicken. That bird was meant to be an eagle. It had the heart of an eagle and nothing was ever going to change that. So the man looked at the farmer and said, I'm going to prove to you that that's an eagle. So he got the eagle to jump onto his arm and, said, and he said to the eagle, he went, go on eagle, stretch out your wings. You've got the heart of an eagle. You were meant to soar, go on. And the eagle just looked at him hopped back on the floor and started pecking the ground again like a chicken. And the farmer said, look, I told you, it's a chicken. It thinks it's a chicken. So the man came back the next day and he took him to, to the roof of the farmyard and he said, I'm going to show you it's an eagle. He went, go on, eagle, fly. You were meant to fly. You're not a chicken. And the eagle just looked at him, looked down at the chicken coop, dropped off his arm and waddled his way back to the rest of the chickens and the farmer just laughed at him and said, you're never going to make him change his mind. It's a chicken. And the, the man said, give me one more go. Give me one more go. So the man drove the farmer and the eagle out to the base of this mountain where he couldn't see the farm and they couldn't see the chicken coop. And he said to the eagle, he said, come on, eagle. Look at these birds in the sky. You're an eagle. You're not a chicken. You were always meant to fly. And this time the eagle looked at the bright sun and he looked at the man and he started stretching out his wings a little bit and flapping his massive wings. And then slowly but surely he began the process of flying. You see, he was always an eagle at the core of him, even though he'd spent so much of his life thinking he was a chicken. Why have I told you this story? Why have I told you this story? Because when you decide to follow Jesus, he sees beneath all of our chicken activity, all of our mess and our masquerading and our pretending. He sees who you really are and who he made you to be. You see, Jesus doesn't want to show you 
and help you how to live and love a better chicken life. He wants to help you discover that you are in fact an eagle. You were created to soar. You see, in order to find our true identity, I really believe we need to let go of who we pretend to be and take hold of God. Let go of your chicken and grab the eagle. So it doesn't matter how messy your life has been or how messy your life has become. And you could be sitting here in the room today or even watching online from whenever or wherever you're watching this. And you could be saying to me, that's okay for you, Jane. But Jesus can't help me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I've pretended to be. You don't know how far I've gone away from who I really wanted to be in my life. How much pain I carried. There is no way on this earth I am an eagle. I'm going to tell you a secret today. Here's the secret. We've all thought we were that person. We've all thought we were that person. The one person outside of his reach. The one person outside of his mercy. The one person outside of his love. The one person outside of his grace. It doesn't matter what label you carry or how you would identify yourself today. Jesus sees beneath all of that and wants to breathe new life into you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone... Not just some people. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. The chicken has gone, the eagle is here. But we have to stop living like a chicken and embrace the eagle. You see, Jacob would never be the same after that wrestle. That wrestle forever left a mark on Jacob in every way. And here's the final bit of the story. Jacob wrestled with his identity and he came out with a limp. And God touched Jacob on his thigh, which I believe is the strongest muscle in the body. And maybe Jacob was, God was touching Jacob at the point of his greatest strength to remind him that he is now Jacob's strength. Rely on me. Don't walk in your own power anymore. Walk in the power and strength I've given you. Because we see this beautiful thing later in in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 3, where God tells a guy called Moses, who Leon spoke about in one of these great series, that he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He didn't say, I'm the God of Israel. He said, Jacob, he wanted to be known as the God of the guy who had cheated for most of his life. And that gives me hope and encouragement, you know? So if I ask you to look in the mirror today, who would you see? A chicken or an eagle? You know, do you feel like there might be areas of your life where you're wrestling or you're battling with something on the deep on the inside of you? Do you are you wishing for a different identity today? Are there still things that people may have said about you and over your life that you'll still feel are defining you? The very first thing we have to understand is this. All we have to do today is come as we are. Come as we are. Be like Jacob. 
own our name. Own our name. And all that brings with it, all that's associated with it, and bring that before a God that wants to say, I'm the God of that name, or I will be the God of that name. God isn't just the God of the parts of me that people might find attractive or charismatic or pretty to be around. He's the God of my successes and He's the God of all my failures. All we have to do right now is come as we are. Everything and anything can change when I just go, I'm Jane. And God says, I'm the God of that Jane. And we're going to sing a song before I come back and pray because I want to give you the opportunity in the room and online to actually let God speak to you today. And just say to God, I'm just this person. And let God whisper back to you, I'm your God too. We don't need to try and hide things. We don't need to cover up. We don't need to pretend and disguise who we are. And as we sing this song, let's allow that eagle to start to stand up and rise on the inside of you again today. It takes such a lot of energy to keep up pretense, you know. Such a lot of energy. And, and I just wonder what God has said to you while Dan was beautifully singing that song. You know, maybe some of you have just run out of energy and you've just stopped wrestling altogether. You know, maybe life has been really hard recently and it's just been too painful. Maybe something's shaking you right to the core of who you are and it's made you question, you know, what you're even about anymore. And I just feel that God will want to invite you back to the wrestle. And God's saying, let's go again. Let's go again. Or maybe you're still thinking, do you know what? I've just wandered too far. I've just, you know, I've had more setbacks than I care to mention. And, and I've tried this and I've tried that and nothing, nothing really has happened. And, and I really, you know, don't think that God would be really interested in me anymore. You know, I've, I've said this sorry thing too many times. Do you know what? God's ready to hear it one more time. And I'd just love to pray for you today um, online if you're watching and here in the room if you really feel like a chicken today. And so I just simply want to pray because when it comes to identity, I honestly believe that only God can speak right to the core of who we are. So no matter what word or what label we would put over that today, how the world would want us to identify, listen, when it comes to identif identification, there's only one person in the world that's even qualified to talk to me honestly and truthfully about that, and that's the God who made me. So I'm encourage you right now, just before we sing our last song, would you be open with me? Would you be willing for God to speak right into your heart today? 
Father, I thank You that You created me. And in that creation, You planted right at the core of who I am. The Bible says we were made in Your image. And Father, I pray that You would help us to identify those places where Father, we're putting our identity in something that that is not you, that isn't flowing out of you. That, Father, would you help us identify those places where we are behaving more like a chicken than the eagle you've created us to be. Father, we want to help by the power of your Holy Spirit today to help us live out our lives connected to the source of our true identity. Am I still loved? Am I still needed? Let us hear that resounding yes in our ears today. And for those of us, Lord, that may have given up the wrestle, that may have just said, you know what? It's easy just to let my life go on autopilot and just be taken wherever the world would want me to go. Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would show up strongly for them today. Would you give them the courage and the bravery that they need to go again? To come back to the wrestling to go again, to start to believe and recognise the strength of the eagle that's inside of them. And to let those wings start to flap and start to stretch so they can soar again. And Father, I would pray that their wrestling would eventually lead to resting today. And for those of us that would think that we've gone too far, that we've had one too many setbacks, that we've gone too far down the road, that we can't come back. Father, I would pray that we'd have a renewed understanding that you love us, yes, just as we are, but you don't want to leave us where you find us today. Would you help us start that journey? back to you. Father, you want to give us a new identity. Father, to come back stronger. Just speak to us now, Holy Spirit, I pray. God, the Creator, to the created. Speak to our eagle, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And before our online audience leaves us today, I just want to mention one thing. You may be wrestling with the next part of your journey in following Jesus. You know, that next step being baptism. And this is probably one of the most outward signs that we can do as followers of Jesus to identify ourselves with the person of Jesus Christ. And we have a baptism service coming up at the beginning of December. And do you know what? It is not too late to sign up for that, to ask for more information about that, to go on that next part of your journey of identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus. And do you know what? I would dare say, why not let the eagle rise up this morning and talk to somebody before you leave this building today? We can work with the wrestle. There are people here with many stories about their wrestle towards baptism and yet they would probably tell you that one of the greatest experiences they've ever had was that moment of baptism.